Yes. So we <laughs> gotta do a cold open. Yes. I know, I could talk about some of our listeners' submitted dreams. Yeah. It's not really cold, it's kind of warm because it relates. <laughs> it is warm. A warm open. A cozy open. Oh, that's Can we that's trademark cute. that? Cozy open. I'm sure that's been... So, okay, here's some. Some of our listeners, so I asked listeners on the Instagram at Be More Specific Pod. I asked people, what's the weirdest dream you've ever had? And do you think it meant anything? And we got Donald Trump tap dancing in a dress was a weird dream. Mm. I had one about meeting Harry Potter. I think it meant that I was obsessed with Harry Potter. Your little sister had a dream about Kylie Jenner's house. Ooh. And she went into a pink closet and hung out inside of it. So <laughs> I that, that could easily be analyzed. I We're also, not going to. No. My little sister had a dream about a tarantula who tells fortunes. That's cool. I know. I want to make I just got, like, the dream. best image of, like, a tarantula <laughs> a in a shawl. Hat. Yeah. <laughs> who, like, has a little crystal ball and is like, come here, Yeah, child. and it's really cute. Yeah. And it's like, Just wants well to help mannered. you out. Yeah. <laughs> like, really believes that it has special powers. Whether it does or, you know, we don't know, but. We don't know, but the tarantula can believe what it wants. Mm -hmm. Do you think, have you ever watched the show Long Island Medium? No. It's a TLC show about a medium from Long Island. Wow. And she has the longest nails and like a Karen haircut or whatever, and she's always like, she does these shows, and she's like, you in the front, you just lost a loved one. And right? Was it like a, was it a relative? And then there's somebody in the front is like, whoa, you're so right. And I really believed it the first time I watched it, and then I thought a second longer, and I was like, hmm, almost if you make vague statements towards a large group of people, somebody will fit the bill. It's, it's the horoscope thing, it's the Harry Potter houses thing. So the last one that we got that I really liked was from, I'm gonna shout them out because they like, I posted on our story and they were like, take this down. So I'm assuming they're okay with it being on air. Mm -hmm. Ray knew nothing said, my entire family got cats in my dream last night. They hate cats, period. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very powerful I choose to believe it's karma for hating cats. <laughs> cats themselves were like, okay, guys. Let's invade. <laughs> Let's go, girls. <laughs> um, but yeah. Dreams, they're, they're super wild. For sure. I, I like, <laughs> you want to hear, oh, so Tegan. <laughs> it's like the only conceit and we can't do Even it. do it consistently. Yeah. Well, it just seems like we're having a conversation. Yeah, it does. And that's, that's the Podcast be more specific guarantee. That's podcasting magic. It's just like having a conversation. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> So, Tegan, what are dreams? Dreams are something memorable that happens to you when you're passed out. Unconscious. Okay. Sleeping, okay. even. Can you be more specific? Oh, yes. Welcome to Be More Specific, a podcast where an entomologist, me, and a film student, me, walk into a podcast and walk out with a question answered. I'm Tegan. And I'm Becca. Guess how specific I can be. Uh, I can... Six pages worth of specific? <laughs> yeah, six pages exactly. of specific. Okay, so when I was looking up dreams and stuff, first of all, if you like Google dreams, you get weird stuff. I wonder why. <laughs> because everyone is like, come on, come on, give me meaning, give me something. Yeah. Give me something to stand on. Why did all my teeth fall out last night? You know. I get that, oh. And then you wake up and your teeth feel bad. I, I'm always like, I don't remember my dreams. And then you say, like, a specific sort of dream, and I'm like, flashbacks. In it. Sorry, this LaCroix says... Innocent? Innocent on it. Zero... Okay, so it's Zero says, calories, zero sweetener, zero sodium equals innocent. That is a hardcore moral value to assign to any of those things. I don't want to- Now I'm like, should I buy LaCroix? What the heck? It's like, you don't have to feel bad for drinking LaCroix because we're innocent because we don't have sugar. Or sodium. Or sodium. Which you need- No. To live- uh -uh. So much sodium. Mm -hmm. The amount of sodium your muscles need. Hi, I'm the CEO of LaCroix and I'm unconvinced. <laughs> Hi, it's me, the CEO of LaCroix. Can you imagine if you were eating, like, McDonald's 
and you drank a LaCroix with it. Whoa! <laughs> that don't add up. No, the fries. You have to drink LaCroix with, like, a Celery. salad. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, some berries. Maybe, like, maybe, like, seafood by the bay. Or, like, If, like, fancy, you're on the beach. Yeah, like, fancy potato chips. The ones that, like, barely taste like anything. Yeah. That are, like, broiled instead mm. of fried. Would, yeah. Baked, not broiled. Yeah, I was like, I don't, I'm sure, uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, so, it seems like we're not talking about dreams I right know, I'm now. really sorry, I got excited. It's okay. So the big question, like, so I, I look up dreams, and I'm inundated with just, like, horoscopes, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I want, like, the scientific study. So I look up, like, scientific study of dreams, and it is called... Onerology. Nice. Got it in one. It's like, it's spelled like one I-R-ology, which is oh spelled man. stupid. So hard to say. Should be pronounced stupidology. <laughs> and that's a joke I'm making here today. And you're sticking with it? Uh-huh. Okay, good. So, the scientific study of dreams gets a little complicated because in order to study a dream, you have to have a report of a dream. The definition of dreams within onerology is... There's four pieces to it. Ready? Okay, and you need to, like, satisfy all four of these things? Yes, in order to be a dream that can be studied scientifically. Okay. Number one, a form of thinking that occurs under minimal brain direction, external stimuli are blocked, and the part of the brain that recognizes self shuts down. Two, a form of experience that we believed we experienced through our senses. Three, something memorable. Four, have some interpretation of experience by self. Okay, okay. Let's break these down yeah. just real quick. So the first one, it's just that, like, you can't control it. Be asleep. Basically. Yeah, because when you're asleep, you can't control things. Yeah. <laughs> cool. But number two is you have to believe that you have actually experienced it. Yeah, or... Like, while you're in the dream? While you're in it, or I've seen things where it's like, you know when you first wake up and you have that moment of like, wait a second. Where am I? Yeah. What just happened? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then three, something memorable, because in order to study it... You have to have something to, like... Say about it. Yeah. And then four, have some interpretation of experience by self, which I... So, so th- I mean, it makes sense because, ev- like, everything your brain does is just a reinterpretation yeah. of other things. But, like, is it possible for there to be a dream that follows these other criteria without following that fourth one? I mean, maybe if you have a dream that's just, like, colors. Yeah, but that's still an experience. Well, in most, like, in dreams, do you have to be... The you, main. The main character, basically? Do you have to be experiencing it from your eyes? Like No, because there are, like, third... I've had third-person dreams. Where it's like a movie, and I'm just following everything. Yeah. But even... But are you still looking at it through your eyes? Yeah, it's still... Like, in in my head, I'm always like, I'm like a camera. Like, I'm this is like a movie. But me being a camera is still an interpretation of myself. Yeah. I get... Yeah. There's like weird? no way... I haven't thought about it like that before. Like, there's no way for us not to be a main character in our own dreams, because it's always through our experience. Yeah. Through our brains, through our eyes. Okay, notably, so a couple of the dream researchers I read about or watched, like, their interviews or stuff, a bunch of them mentioned how vivid their dreams are, and apparently it's really common for people who study dreams to have vivid dreams, so thankfully they're not, like, studying on themselves. Mm -hmm. I just thought that was kind of interesting. I feel like there should be another study just on people who study dreams. Yeah, yeah, but maybe. They're, that like, might be so too weird. meta because we're not far enough in dream research yet. There's also not, like, a ton of them. There's not a ton of scientists who are like, dreams are where I live and die. <laughs> Just like there's not a ton of people who are like, flies? Yeah, that's my bread and butter, baby. The other thing was, so by having this conversation and by talking about dreams, we will remember our dreams better. And, like, the act of studying dreams, some of the researchers were like, yeah, I am, like, inundated with, like, my own dreams because I am constantly thinking about them, so I just remember them better. Wow. Yeah, so... I mean, that tracks. Everybody says that if you want to remember your dreams, start keeping a journal, even if the only thing you remember is that, like, you were in a grocery store. Like, that's something. 
Well, and if you, right before you go to sleep, if you, like, think to yourself, like, I want to remember my dreams tonight, you have a higher chance of doing it. It's so wild. It's just priming. I mean, it's a, it's the same as all Every... of the other examples of priming, you know? Yeah. It's so, so cool. It is. It's just, like, it's crazy that you can prime for something that you'll, that you'll be unconscious for. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but then it's also, like, what is unconsciousness? Whatever. Um, <laughs> Whatever. We're gonna not. <laughs> we're gonna not go into that one today. But, dear listener, by listening to this, I hope you have good dreams tonight and remember the good ones and not the bad ones. Yeah, same. Yeah. I wish the same for you. <laughs> also, okay, so real quick, animals. I know in sleep I talked about animal sleep and dreams a little bit. This will not be the animal sleep dreams episode because within dream research, a dream must be reduced to a verbal report. We can't study animal dreams or infant or fetal dreams yet. There's hopes that someday we'll have some sort of mechanism for that. But right now, it's kind of It's, like, unethical. Not possible. Well, well, there's no way to. Yeah. <laughs> like, we have no way of, like, you know in movies where they, like, connect your brain to something and then you, like, see, see the dream. See the picture, yeah. Yeah, that's... That, Nothing. We can't do that. Cool. Not even, like, close to that. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. But, like, so, you know how people will be like, oh, my dog is dreaming, he's chasing a ball, because, like, their legs are moving? Mm-hmm. That's, like, not accurate. So, <laughs> when a dog... Dogs do, it's thought that dogs dream based on brain activity and the association of REM sleep and dreams, but when they're moving around, they're usually in stage three sleep, which is non-REM, and usually dreams don't occur for humans, so we can assume that their dreams happen in REM, which is when they're completely, like, paralyzed. Hmm. How we talked about in REM, you. Yeah. Basically everything but your eyes and your lungs. That's so weird. Yeah, it's not great. For... I mean, it's cool, I guess. Like, thanks, I guess. But, like, would I have been happier without that knowledge? Maybe. Maybe. You'll never know. Now well, that it's I've like, is, shoved it in your meat. Are we ruining things for listeners? What if they're happier thinking that their dog is, like, chasing a ball when their little legs well, move? it could be their dog's little leg legs move, and then 20 minutes later when they're still... They're dreaming about chasing a ball. Or you could just say, you know what, Tegan, I don't believe you. And continue. That's true. Nobody's checking our sources. I mean, we put them there, but nobody's checking them. Yeah. Ooh. That's... You know what? I want to know. Has anyone ever clink... Click... Clinked? <laughs> has anyone ever clicked on one of our sources? There's no way. You don't think so? I think I'd bet... Like, I'd bet, like, $5 that nobody has. You know what? I will bet $5 that someone has. Okay. That means that somebody has to interact with us online <laughs> and tell us in the negator. And you can't... You can't listen to this and then click on one. No. It has to be in the past. Yeah. Have you? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. <laughs> so, dream research is also limited by... We talked about how we don't have a mechanism to, like, see dreams, necessarily. Mm-hmm. Because... We have limited, like, imaging, and then also limited ways of even studying how the brain works. Yeah. Like, we talked about brain waves, how yeah. it's kind of a weird... Like, it's correlation... Like, we're just yeah. using... We're trying to make sense of the information that we have. We have CAT scans, we have MRIs, whatever, but, like, they're not gonna... They don't tell us They're not that everything. Much. Yeah. <laughs> well, so there's this thing called the law of the instrument, which is the fallacy... That with a limited to- with limited tools, everything can be solved by those tools mm. or answered. Abraham Maslow said, "I suppose it is tempting if the only tool you have is a hammer to treat everything as if it were a nail." So, like for example, we did a lot of brain imaging that showed like blood pooling during dreaming and REM sleep, and mm-hmm. so everyone was like, "Oh, well, where the blood pools is obviously where dreaming's happening." <laughs> and now, uh-huh. with like slightly better technology, we're like, "Nope." <laughs> is it literally just a coincidence well it's it's like yeah blood pools but also everywhere in the brain is like lighting up so yeah so why is the blood pooling that the thing that we're focusing on because all we could see because was it's that. the abnormality exactly hmm. which is it's interesting to think about because there's a lot of things that we and like sometimes like genuinely the answer is in a hammer in, or a nail or yeah, whatever like the first thing the easiest mm-hmm. explanation is the correct one but like it's not that's Not always the case. Well, it's definitely... I know sometimes I'll have a problem at home, like, I don't know, something will be broken, 
and I look at our legitimate tools and I'm like, well, I guess I could kind of finagle this. Mm -hmm. And then if I like contact a friend and they have a different tool, then suddenly like my options change. Yeah. It's such a weird. Just like one new piece of information can completely like paradigm shift. Yeah. Well, that's what's been happening with the CDC and like updates to recommendations for like health and stuff. It's totally just. As we learn more information. Yeah, it's not them just changing their minds. Yeah. Trying to control us. (laughs) Or whatever. It's just, it's a new disease and we're getting more data. Yeah. Things are... Not just more data, more methods of measurement, which Mm -hmm. is like... Which is even more mind-boggling. This this is Tegan's little, mmm, science is delicious (laughs) corner. I, yeah, cool. Um... Okay. <laughs> There's also... Wait, science is like a snack food for me, but it's your whole diet. <laughs> it's my whole... Science is a sometimes food for Becca. <laughs> Which maybe it's... Sh- like, maybe that's even, like, science as a sometimes food is a bad thing. No, it can be. Here's the thing. Science can be a sometimes food if someone who has credentials says, hey, do this, and you go, okay. Yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> Or you go, I'm going to get a second opinion from someone who also has <laughs> credentials. Yeah, okay. Okay, so you're dreaming. When do you dream? When? When do you dream? In When I'm asleep. Yeah, when you're asleep. When... Oh, sweet. Good job. <laughs> Not a trick question. Dreaming usually occurs in REM, which I mentioned before. And it is a mostly, but most research is focused on the dreaming in REM because... Most of the population, it happens then. During a typical lifespan, a person spends a total of about six years dreaming. I don't like that. I don't mind the statistic that we spend a third of our lives sleeping. That makes sense. But dreaming? For six years? years. Yeah. That's like a whole... That's a whole nother ball game. That's a whole person. Just a whole... Yeah, like a six-year-old... <laughs> Okay, how, how am I going to say this? Like, imagine <laughs> a six-year-old who's only lived in dreams. Close your eyes. Imagine a six-year-old. <laughs> but, like, their like a dream entire life has been experienced in, like, the weird logic of dreams. Yeah. That's so wild to think about. So, most dreams only last five to twenty minutes, but you are dreaming for about two hours a night. So you have a lot of dreams. Do you normally only remember, like, the most recent dream that you had? Yeah, so I actually read, I don't have it in my notes, but people have, like, you're more likely to remember a dream if you wake up at the end of it within REM, and then you're also more likely to remember dreams that happen later on in the night, and studies have been shown that, like, or studies have been shown, that was awesome. <laughs> Studies have I feel shown. Like I've heard, yeah, okay, people good. say that though. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Studies have shown that people, if you wake them up like within the first cycle of REM, their dreams are like really weird and super abstract. And as you go on through the night, they get more and more concrete. So we normally remember the last one. It's like an inside out, that whole sequence where they're like going through the subconscious maybe. And like yeah. in the beginning, they're just. Well, at the beginning, they're regular, and then they turn into shapes progressively, and yeah. then by the end of it, they're back to regular, but, like, weird. No, that's, that is that's really like weird. That's, like, legitimately how dreams work. So then, we dream, we dream for a long time, basically, is the thesis of yeah, how long we dream. I don't dream. think I like that. Okay. That's all. I like the idea of everything I say, you, like, rate it. <laughs> On a scale of five stars, that one gets a two out of five. I knew it was going to be two. Okay, so the next one is how are dreams generated? How? I mean, it's the brain, obviously. Oh, right. But... It's not, like, the, the like, liver. <laughs> yeah. No, my... Your liver makes dreams, and you have too much liquid in your body, so we're going to put leeches all over you. Is that okay? Sounds good. So, vision in your dreams, you're seeing things. It it has been shown that there's significant neural activity downstream from your eyes and your optical nerves. So, visual imagery in dreams is produced by using the same structures that we use for seeing when we're awake. Okay, so it, like, would make sense that people sometimes can't tell the difference between dreams and realities, because, like, the same... The same neurons are being what you used. see. What you see is not what you're seeing. It's what your brain is yeah like, creating from 
Yeah. The law of the instrument and what that applies to what we have to visualize the world. Like, my eyes can't see certain colors, therefore mm-hmm. they do not exist. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's that's a thing you don't like. <laughs> yeah, one star. And then auditory aspects are similar where they're found in the same locations that process auditory stuff when you're awake. Okay. Sorry, there was a slight pause there. I decided I needed to know if deaf people have noise in their dreams. Mm-hmm. And the answer seems to be if you have experienced having hearing in the past, mm-hmm. then you can, but because of the plasticity of the brain, it can go away or change. And then also people use sign language in their dreams. Oh, that makes sense. Helen Keller claimed to have visions of ineffable beauty in her dreams. So there's also thoughts that the visual aspects are stronger because there's been, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of the whole like, if you lose a sense, the other senses grow stronger. Mm-hmm. That's, like, proven. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it makes sense that that would translate to dreams. Wait, so do blind right? people who have later become blind see colors? A dreaming blind person experiences more sensations of sound, touch, taste, and smell than sighted people do. Blind people seem to have more dreams about movement or travel and more nightmares, That's which is a bummer. Is a bummer. I feel like that is probably due to cultural expectations and like the fact that travel and movement are inherently difficult when you are not accommodated for I bet but yeah I think it would just just different types of thinking yeah your brain just does different things it's cool your brain is just so powerful there's also it mentioned deaf people who sign in their dreams sometimes won't sign but will instead communicate just like telepathically in their dreams which I definitely have dreams where I, like, look at someone and I know we have communicated. Mm-hmm. So it's probably similar to that, right? Where it's yeah. just... Well, all of these things, it just has to do with the experience of the person in real life yeah. that they have. Like, I've said it before to you, I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but most of my dreams are mundane and kind of, like, anxiety-ridden. And I have a lot of dreams about finding a cool bug and then I lose it and I can't, like... Like, I see a really cool bug on, like, a mm-hmm. tree, and then it's gone, and mm-hmm. I'm just, like... And I have, like, a lot of celebrity appearances in my dreams. <laughs> just, like, so many. It's, like, mundane, but, like, Miley Cyrus is there? Yeah, exactly. One time I was babysitting the Kardashians' kids. Like, literally. That's so funny. <laughs> Kanye drew me a picture. Of what? I think it was a boat. That has to mean something. See, that's the immediate response. <laughs> that has to mean something. <laughs> So, does it actually mean something? Why do we dream? That's like... That's that's what everybody's dying to hear from from you. Why? Why? There are, oh my goodness, so many opinions on this. Should our... Wait, should our first question, should I have asked why do we dream instead of what are dreams? No, I think it worked. I'll the title be why do we dream. I was thinking about it. (laughs) Our podcast, we could label it as the podcast, like... The podcast that dares to ask the whys, the hows, and the, like, what was it? The what? The what's, the whys, and the hows. Because that's always what our yeah. titles are. Okay. Well, well except got milk. Which was funny. Which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> why got milk? <laughs> how got milk? How why, how why what got milk? <laughs> milk? Question mark, question mark, (laughs) interbang. Ooh, Ooh. spicy. I used to use those all the time. Interabangs? That's Mm -hmm. hilarious. Is it not interbang? I I think it's interabang. I believe you. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I'm I'm ready to be wrong. I'm an English minor. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm an English minor. Oh, someone... About to get some coal with my (laughs) pickaxe. I'm wearing a flashlight on my head. <laughs> it's not a flashlight. It's a, what is it? A torch. A torch. <laughs> we A torch on my helmet. No English person can ever listen to this podcast because they'll sue us. Yeah, but we're keeping it in. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I'm an English minor. <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Okay. 
Why do we dream? Why do you think? No, there's no right answer because there's so many theories. I'm legitimately curious. Why do we dream? I think that we dream just because, like, I don't know, your neurons don't stop firing when you sleep. So just, like, (laughs) nonsense is happening and your brain makes sense of it? Yeah. Yeah. That is a... That's actually the first, man, it's almost like, it feels like we rehearsed that. Activation synthesis hypothesis states that dreams don't actually mean anything. They're merely electrical brain impulses that pull random thoughts and imagery from our memories. So. Well, that's kind of what I think about, like, life and, like, coincidences. It's like, none of them mean anything. We just, it's just patterns. It's, yeah, we're just noticing patterns. And, And, yeah. People can feel free to think differently. That's just how I've made sense of the world so far. (laughs) Left brain interpretation. That's what people call it. They call it left brain interpretation. Mm -hmm. Because there's a degree of lateralization of brain function. You know, people say left brain, right brain. Mm -hmm. So that's not, like, true in the, like, creativity. Versus, like, and analytical whatever yeah that's not true but there is some processes that are lateralized in most people mm-hmm. the part of the brain that makes sense of dreams is on the left side we know because people who have split brains mm-hmm. which is a it's from a procedure usually done in like late stage last ditch effort for epilepsy oh uh, yeah I, yeah i've learned about this yeah it's we talked about before how everything we know about brains is because someone had a horrible procedure or a horrible accident so basically this guy's name is gazinga gazinga and gazaniga 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 it's an awesome, like... That's a legit name. If my name was that, I would have to be a race car driver. There's, like, no one could change my mind. Xanaga. It's just such, it's such a powerful name. But him and his colleagues observed that when the brains can't communicate, patients who are shown an image within the right visual field, which maps to the left side of your brain, could provide an explanation. But when the image was presented to the left visual field, to the right hemisphere... The patients stated they couldn't see anything. Obviously, they could still see something, but that... Yeah, but there was just a disconnect there. Secondarily, when asked to point to objects similar to the image, the patients would succeed. The ability to interpret was lost. So they definitely saw it. Well, it just... Yeah, it just means that the way that the brain processes things is not the way that we think we process things. Yeah. Like, there, there is a difference Which between is... association and, like, explanation. And, like, it just... It's different. Brains. I find it completely fascinating but sometimes i'm also like what if i don't know it's like almost like the brain's a little sinister like it's too smart for us oh my gosh (laughs) you don't trust your own brain yeah you should talk to a therapist (laughs) nope (laughs) so the part of what what really blows my mind is how easy patterns come to us Mm -hmm. like Patterns are second nature and are happening everywhere in the brain because that's how we, like, form thoughts is just association, right? Mm -hmm. But explanation is, like, a whole other thing and it's, it's almost, like, unnecessary Mm -hmm. and, like, secondary to that first comparison. Well, like, if you recognize what it is, it, like, why would you need to... You don't need to explain, explain it. it. Yeah. yeah, you don't even need to evolutionarily. It. Like it just maybe there's just, that's just the disconnect. Like, if it's I not see something, necessary. if I see something and it makes me nervous, that's all that matters. Yeah, I don't need to know what it is. I don't need to explain. Maybe or like we all get weird vibes sometimes mm-hmm. that we can't really explain. It just like, and it doesn't even have to be rooted in anything that's genuinely threatening. It's just like. I, I don't know, this is what I feel, and, I mean... Well, definitely pop side, but Malcolm Gladwell has a really interesting book about the idea of, like, experts looking at something and they can't explain why, but they're like, this vase is a fake, that sort of idea. Mm-hmm. And it goes into, like, how basically your brain knows things that you can't put into words. Or, like, why words. Jackson Pollock paintings aren't just scribbles. Like, it just, yeah. there's something about them that yep. is Innately amazing. interesting. Yeah, like... Yeah. It's so, it's, it's very so interesting. interesting. We can't even, we can't even, like, describe ourselves. No. And we're attempting to describe, like, other animals and computers and, and like, natural phenomena of yeah. all types. Like, it's fascinating it's really exciting i just oh i like it (laughs) um neuroscientist 
Why are they all... Viscontas. Indre Viscontes. Okay, I'm gonna say neuroscientist. Indre Viscontes. Was super blunt, which I liked. I, I liked the sentence. He called bizarre dream content just the result of your interpreter trying to create a story out of random neural signaling. Yeah, so, like, exactly what I said. Yeah. Which was cool. That was why I was like, Dang, did, Becca? Did you plan this? Did you are read you, my notes? Are you a neuroscientist, Am Becca? I a neuro- yes, I, Becca Page, am a licensed neuroscientist. I've never seen your eyes roll so hard. <laughs> um, in antiquity, dreams were thought to be a mechanism for gods to speak to us, and not just like, oh, only in antiquity. Like, yeah, for some people that is how they receive or choose to experience revelation, but like, in ancient Egypt... Egyptians would seek dreams for comfort, and so they would have, like, dream, special dream beds and, like, rooms filled with, like, So they would do as much as they could, like, to make... To, like, induce dreaming. Huh. And similar, I mean, there's other cultures that have used hallucinatory, like, drugs and stuff to experience, you know, like, transcendental states and, like... Mm -hmm. The idea of, like, dreams and hallucinations being, like, very similar and, like... Mm Mm-hmm. You know, coming into contact with like the subconscious and like, yeah, and looking it's to like your some of it may totally be like real. Yeah, who knows? Like absolutely, but uh, not me. Well, the only thing that people can do is talk about it, and it's we like there's no way to tell if somebody's lying or not. No, like there's still not dreams. You literally dreams, visions, all that. You just have to trust. Yeah, that's Which wild. Is, it is wild, and it's wild how much of it is still like. It's not just, oh, an antiquity. Like, I definitely have had times in my life where, like, I just want to dream or, like, kind of, like, seek dreams for comfort Mm -hmm. in, like, my life sucks right now and I need, like, escapism. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's that's not different, you know? Like, it's a very human thing to, like, retreat. Well, it's also, like, you can't... It's really frustrating that... Or at least to me, it's really frustrating that I can't control whether I dream or not. Yeah. Sometimes I have really crappy dreams when I'm already having a really crappy day. And, like, I like it's it doesn't so help. frustrating. And, like, as much as I can try to, like, mold my environment and remember my dreams and, like, figure out lucid dreaming, which maybe you'll talk about. Because, I will. Because, oh boy. But, like, ultimately, I'm, I don't know what silly little neurons are just gonna have a party that night. <laughs> <laughs> They're just the one that's, like, death is, like... And you're like, "Uh." awesome. I am going to fall off this cliff tonight. Excellent for me. Okay, so then there's a couple other theories that I'll try to go through quicker. There's the reverse learning theory, which states that dreams are the cleaning up operations. That one is like, I think it's really similar to the whole interpreter. Basically, Reverse learning theory is saying the reason why neurons are firing randomly is the cleanup operation. And then the other theory is going on top of that saying that it is being interpreted. Does that make Mm. sense? So, like, why would you need to clean out your... Well, we talked about the... Isn't it... What was it? Adenosine that congregates in your brain and caffeine just blocks the receptors? Oh, yeah, yeah. The adenosine is cleaned out while you're sleeping. So... And with, like, the degenerative diseases that come with a lack of sleep, it's thought that some of those are because things aren't being properly There's just cleaned. different blockages and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There's too oh, okay. much dopamine. That, and it's okay, just hanging yeah, out. Okay, no, yeah, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. That's interesting. That, like, the neurotransmitters that cause your dreams are just, like... It could just be the There's just too for... much of that one, so we're just gonna, like, let it... Let it go. <laughs> yeah. Let it do its thing and then it'll be gone. The threat simulation hypothesis is that dreaming aids survival. So this was, there were arguments for like, dreams should only exist if there's an evolutionary benefit. Which I don't necessarily agree with. Mm-hmm. But, because something Well, not literally everything that animals do. Has a benefit. Yeah. Neutrality is an option. Mm-hmm. And I don't see how, but so this idea was that the reason why dreaming is so like, important to humans and why we have like so much of it is because dreaming aids survival by replicating threats and providing the dreamer with practice and dealing with them uh okay i mean ancient humans probably dreamed about like a bear coming but okay how i respond to a bear in a dream 
Yeah. That bear's response will not inform my next experience yeah, with the bear. Your brain cannot account for all of the like confounding factors in a, no. in a given situation. All all it has is like your own reaction. If I've never seen a tiger before and I see a picture of one and I have a dream about it, dream tiger is not a representation. This theory thinks that your brain is like a like an RPG. Like, yeah, like you're with a bunch of NPCs that you can interact with. Like Maybe it's a if tutorial? you did this differently, then things would be. Di- That's so funny. Tutorial simulation. I can see why people like might posit this, but I don't buy it. <laughs> I could see it in like limited circumstance, but I also yeah. think we'll talk about how um, trauma affects dreaming, mm-hmm. and I think that kind of proves that it's not it. Because trauma doesn't cause you to work through things. Okay, so the next theory is defense activation theory, which is the brain's neuroplasticity makes it so dreams are just a visual hallucination to keep your occipital load busy so it isn't hijacked by non-vision operations during sleep. So the idea is that if you weren't dreaming, then you would be, like, flailing? or like No, if you weren't dreaming, then, like, your ears would be hearing more or your visual acuity would go down over time because it wasn't being used and other processes would be encroaching on that oh territory okay which is interesting it is maybe i don't know i mean i feel like the answer to that it's also would be, sometimes like how much does the why of the matter like matter yeah that i mean not that like these are all very interesting hypotheses but it's like the fact is that dreams dream, happen yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I mean, maybe, I guess, if we understand the why, we can, if we do so desire, understand how to, like, control it. Yeah. But. There's also synaptic efficacy refreshment, which is the brain is self-firing during sleep to serve the purpose of consolidating recent memories and reinforcing old ones. So this says that dreaming is just a byproduct of you processing like encoding memories yeah which is also supported by there's another theory which doesn't have a name but it kept on popping up mm. maybe we'll give it a name <laughs> i called it memory based dream <laughs> theory oh in my wow notes. i know it's really good <laughs> snappy so basically dreams help us process emotions by encoding and constructing memories of those emotions so that we can process them without the intensity of the emotion? Yeah, I think, so, I think this is what most media thinks that dreaming is for. Because- For therapy. Yeah. Yeah. So that, like, well, or it's just evidence that you haven't fully processed something. Like, you'll keep dreaming about something until you talk about it in therapy, and then you'll stop dreaming about it. Yeah. It's a thing in, like, Avatar, which where he keeps dreaming about facing the Fire Lord, and then, like... And then he talks about it, and, and he doesn't he, anymore. Yeah, exactly. Well, I feel like that's almost, like, dreams as a plot device, too. No, yeah. 100%. It's not that they... Like, none of it is Yo, based in fact. It's just, like, Dreams convenient. as a plot device? It's super convenient. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be a whole episode of just... How media Let's talk uses. about the media. Well, like, The Red Room in Twin Peaks. Twi- <laughs> I think David Lynch, I haven't watched enough of his stuff, but, like, he is obsessed with dreams. And yes, he also is 100%. super into, like, transcendental meditation. Like, I want to know how he experiences his life. Because, like, the art that he makes makes it seem like he has some wild dreams. That's yeah. all. <laughs> no, definitely. Oh, man. So, I don't know. I feel like that also applies to how you encode memory depends on how stressed you are, which is part of the reason why during COVID people are experiencing, especially healthcare workers, have come out to say they are experiencing memory loss Mm. because cortisol makes it harder for you to encode memories, which makes it harder. I didn't know that. That explains so much about my own personal life. Um, There's, so, like, emotions are just so tied to memories that it would make sense that there has to be some sort of mechanism to get the relevant data out without emotions becoming so powerful that they overwhelm you. There are different types of dreams. So there are two like main ways to divide them. There's authentic dreaming, which you've talked about in your mundane grocery store dreams. Mm. And then illusory dreaming, which is like, I had a dream I was a frog and then I turned into a dragon and then one of my I got f- ran over. Well, one of my favorite dreams after I'd been playing a lot of Lego Star Wars was I was like, I was in Lego Star Wars. I think I was just Obi-Wan or something, but I could do all the cool backflips. Oh, that's cool. And like, it was so satisfying to just like destroy all of the little Lego things with my Lego lightsaber. It's like, 
and this I, I, dream, and then it ended with a title card that was like, this dream sponsored by Lego. Yeah. It was a good dream. <laughs> I believe it sounds fantastic. Like, dreaming that I'm able to do backflips? That's cool. That is cool. So there's also, within, like, within illusory dreaming and authentic dreaming, there's a bunch of different, like, types within, like, that can be either or. So solution-based dreams, we talked last week about how, like, sometimes you'll dream and you have a problem in real life and Mm -hmm. then you wake up and you have an answer. So he knew, all he knew at the time were that Adam's molecules formed straight lines. That was every single diagram we had was, everything was in straight lines. So he was thinking about it and thinking about it and just benzene didn't match and something was off. So he had a dream where... There were all these snakes, an inter-object of a snake and a molecule, where he mm-hmm. knew the snakes were molecules, and one of the snakes turned and started biting its tail, and he woke up and realized benzene was a closed ring. So, imagine if he, like, hadn't remembered his dream that time. I know! <laughs> or maybe how many times did he have the snake dream? Yeah, we don't know. fair, true. Um, we do not know. Sometimes I'll have dreams that it's just me sorting bugs. In like a, like a tray. Yeah. I just sort them. Mm-hmm. And I wake up and I'm like. Yeah, I yep. just. <laughs> the whole attraction of sleeping is to get away from real life. <laughs> <laughs> is this, are you putting in a word with dreams? <laughs> so when I have a dream about having to take another class <laughs> in high school, I think I get a little bit, a little bit. Peeved. Yeah. Peeved. <laughs> it's so annoying. It is. Very I feel like annoying. so frequently. I just am so annoying. I'm just annoyed. Life, Life is so annoying sometimes. Skin. Oh, sleep. Don't get me started. And also, Salvador Dali. A lot of his paintings come from dreams. Hmm. Yeah. So that's, so that's super cool. Solution-based dreams, which yeah. they and so are these categories like authentic and illusory, and then all of the things within. It's just. Like, they could different be. types of dreams that, like, researchers have decided to... Talk have... about or focus on. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah. Nightmares, which are bad dreams, basically. Yeah. But notably, night terrors are a different thing. Most people don't remember their night terrors, and it is usually... Night terrors happen during non-REM sleep, and they look more like a panic attack. When I was a kid, I had night terrors all the time, until someone gave me a wooden sword, which I would sleep with. Like a samurai practice sword. Mm-hmm. And I would wake up in the middle of the night scared and I would grab my sword and I would calm down and fall asleep. And I don't remember a lot of it. That but my parents, My parents were like, they didn't know what to do because I would wake up and like hit them and scream. And yeah. Because a lot of people when they have night terrors, it looks like they're trying to get away. Mm-hmm. But like, you don't know what from. <laughs> and most of them don't remember. Yeah, that's really freaky. Well, that's why, you know, dreams. Brains are scary. And like, maybe there's a monster in there. <laughs> Have you considered that there's a monster that in your brain? only like on the beach children that makes you from the ages of like zero to ten can see? Yeah, no, that's. <laughs> I mean, there's so many horror. Yeah, no, it's it's a whole movies like, like that's a whole like industry of just like little kids are pretty creepy. People are always talking about like sleep demons, sleep paralysis demons, and stuff. Like it's and we have a been. lot of people get bad vibes from like dreams. We have been talking about it forever too it's Mm -hmm. not like oh we recently were like man dreams are pretty wild it's like we've always been like yo what's going on yeah and then there's like creepy pastas where it's like we feel this way because there once was like a real demon that plagued everybody (laughs) and his name was mickey mouse (laughs) (laughs) it's a deep cut (laughs) yeah so nightmares and night terrors are both different from PTSD dreams, post-trauma dreams, act as flashbacks, not as a recontextualization. So if I have a dream about zombies, yeah, yeah I'm scared, but it's because hypothetically, I'm either just latching onto something or my brain's trying to work through something mm-hmm. or, but it, it will give me more information on yeah. my fear but in like, some way. processing doesn't really happen with PTSD. No, dreams. it literally is just a flashback, which can literally re-traumatize people. Oh my goodness. So there's a lot of work done with people who have, if you're experiencing dreams like this, where it's literally you are re-experiencing trauma, talk to like a mental health pro- professional because they have methods for you to 
essentially walk through your dream. And there are, like, drugs that can help, that can, like... Induce it. Yeah. And reduce it. Yeah, and also just, like, encourage, like, more brain plasticity. Yeah, but then what they do is they, they'll do, like, a dream walk with your therapist, where you then... You come up with solutions or alternatives within this real trauma you experienced, mm-hmm. and usually people will have one more dream where they do that thing, they do, they have an out, they save it somehow, mm-hmm. and then they don't have that dream anymore. That's fascinating. So there's something to your brain literally being like, almost like it's like stuck on something. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a CD skipping. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. Just. Yeah. It's so just weird. Just a little, a little glitch. That you could literally, it's it's not like, oh, you need this, like, medicine. It's you can talk it through mm-hmm. and come to, like, a real fix. Yeah, weird. Yeah, so interesting. Okay, lucid dreaming. I know everyone wants this. There are theories that lucid dreaming isn't uh, dreaming. You are having a micro-awakening and just laying there, like, super hallucinating. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. There's also theories that lucid dreaming is like an alternate state of REM and that it's like technically not dreaming because dreaming kind of like almost requires things to be happening to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of like discourse on lucid dreaming within the scientific community. Yeah, cool. I just, well, because there's apparently like methods you can try to like get there and then, but I've heard so many stories that are like, don't do this. Like, you'll see something or like freaky well, things. Because which, I mean, you're inducing hallucination. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, yeah. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I personally have had lucid dreams before and my lucid dreams, usually it's, I realize I can control the dream and then something isn't doing what I want it to and then I get more and more panicked and then it devolves into like a total nightmare, which I can control parts of. But awesome. not everything. It's bad. Yeah. It's very bad. Well, like, the fact that practically everything I've heard about lucid dreaming is just, like, the thesis is don't do it. <laughs> or do it with, like, great well, caution. There was even an article... Or at least induced lucid dreaming. Yeah. There was an article about someone who had, like, basically traumatized themselves within a lucid dream. And then had to, like, do that therapy we talked about. For... A dream, that's crazy, like, yeah. whoa. Illusory dreaming has also been hypothesized to stem from old memories that just have such a high accumulation of errors that they seem fantastical. Oh, interesting. Isn't that weird? That's super weird. It's very, like, Alice in Wonderland, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's very, like, Inception. Yeah. It's like your dream starts, like, freaking... Just starts, like, disintegrating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so much of this stuff. Inception is, like... If once once I'm learning all this stuff, I'd like to almost watch the movie again. I yeah. don't think it's like the Inception is interesting. <laughs> That's all. Dreams it's, are cool. <laughs> Inception has the energy of someone who like skimmed the dream article on Wikipedia and was like, "Yo, this is crazy." Yeah, and then just went hog. Yeah, <laughs> which is cool. It's a cool movie. I'm but. fine with that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Within dreams, there are similar content that pretty much every person experiences, and a lot of our listener like mentions mention stuff so our friend Amelia mentioned how like in her dreams she has BYU exists but it doesn't look like BYU but her dream BYU is always the same Hmm. so it's called disjunctive cognition and what it means is it's basically when you have like a dream version of something real so people will say things like it didn't look like my house but I knew it was my house you know how you've like, told someone a dream, and you're like, it was my phone, but, like, it wasn't Yeah, mine. well, that's also another, like, co- interesting thing about the brain, where it's, like, the act, the reality of something doesn't have to match, no. like, the impression of something. Not at all. Like, you can get the exact same impression from different things. It also, so you totally just touched on the next thing, which is, it reveals about how the brain is organized, so basically... This neuroscientist, Bletchner, has suggested that whenever disjunctive cognitions occur, what it is is that your brain has two versions of something, the physical and then your cognitive version. So sometimes I'll have a dream where it's like, my dream mom doesn't look like my mom, but she's like my mom, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I see her and I'm like, that's that's Jennifer, you know? <laughs> but like... It's literally just you have created 
an alternate version that is just as valid. Yeah. Well, for your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Don't like. It's so crazy. That's like definitely a one. Well, (laughs) but it's interesting. Two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. Interobjects are the other thing, which like weirdly, that phrase freaks me out. Interobjects? I, I think it's all of the SCP I've read. Yes. Yeah. And like creepypasta. <laughs> Basically, it's we sometimes in dreams, people will say things like the example that they gave was a woman said she had a cell phone baby and it was both a baby and a cell phone. <laughs> but what it is, is her brain said both of these things make loud noises. So they are the same, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, we talked earlier about how we're so good at making connections that sometimes our brain will just be like, yeah, like, uh, it's like a lotion soda, you know. That's <laughs> the same. And it does both. Uh-huh. And it is both. Yes. And there's no way, like, a lot of times people can't draw what yeah. they saw in their dream, but it for sure was a cell phone baby. But they don't know how to... Yeah, and it's, yeah. like, it's kind of freaky when you get out of the dream, even if it seems logical inside of the dream. Well, sometimes, you know, when you're, like, thinking through a dream, and the more you think through it, you're like, ugh. Like, that doesn't I add hate that, up. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it was, like, totally fine while you were in it. I'll wake up and be like, oh my gosh, that was, like, a movie. It was so well-constructed. And then I think about it, and I'm like, what? Reoccurring dreams for people are often really similar. So there's been... Some people say, like, oh, you know, it's because... They mean specific things, which, mm-hmm. you know, you know who said that first? Mm-hmm. Freud. Oh. You know what Freud is? A hack. Wrong? <laughs> Usually. He had, he, yeah, he had some ideas. So Freud would, he had a bunch of theories on the different things that happen in a lot of people's dreams. The common reoccurring themes. Uh, a lot of our listener stuff also had the reoccurring, like, things that hit on the reoccurring dreams list, which this is the list on Wikipedia, which I think is funny. Cool. So we're going to go through it. Difficulties with house maintenance was first. What? <laughs> which I've definitely had dreams where it's like a pipe bursts and I fix it and then another pipe bursts and I fix it and then another pipe bursts and, I, and it just keeps on going. <laughs> which I, it's probably just like, it's like stress and monotony, you know. Teeth falling out, which Freud believed if a woman had a reoccurring dream of her teeth falling out, she unconsciously longed to have children. And if a man did it, he was afraid of castration. Mm, classic. The two genders. Yeah, I, the, ooh, <laughs> I, like, get dreams that my teeth are just getting so loose. Loose. And then, like, they will fall out, but then I just have, like, them rattling in my mouth. I have dreams like that, but it usually, it went away when I stopped clenching my teeth. So, maybe you're clenching your teeth and you're Probably. Like, no, yeah. no doubt. I'm tense. <laughs> Intense. Another common one is discovering new rooms in your home. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that. Mm-hmm. I Okay, I had this dream super often where I was working at the biosphere and there was a back room that I would go into and I would go into it and all the animals were dead and my managers would be like, Tegan, you were supposed to be taking care of these animals. And I was like, I didn't know they were here. And they were like, <laughs> how did you not know? The door's right there. And I'm like, I don't know. And it was very stressful. Yeah, no kidding. Um... <laughs> Losing control of a vehicle, super common. Yeah. Being unable to find a toilet. I wonder why that one happens. It's because you have to pee Mm. in your sleep. (laughs) Um, Having the ability to fly is also a favorite for a lot of people. Also common, being held or otherwise unable to move, which it then in the Wikipedia very nicely put, compare, sleep paralysis. And I was like, oh yeah. Nakedness in a public place, which is shown to be completely based on the culture you come from. I was listening to a different podcast that was talking to a neuroscientist and she said that like naked dreams are directly related to how the the amount of nakedness you are. Like for me, if I had a dream that I was like topless at a store, that would be really stressful. Mm-hmm. But like men don't exhibit they don't have dreams about being topless in a store they have yeah. dreams about like so it's just directly related to just like how society has constructed the idea of nakedness yeah 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 so like in places like vanuatu where it's culturally appropriate for a man to wear a penis sheath and nothing else <laughs> their dreams of nakedness would look different yeah <laughs> which like makes sense but like i had never considered it mm-hmm. which means if we were chill with everyone being naked we probably wouldn't have dreams about it Yeah. Yeah. Losing the ability to speak, escaping, or being caught in some kind of storm, drowning, finding lost items. I have dreams like that all the time, 
where I find something mm-hmm. I lost and then I wake, wake up, up and, and I'm like, it's still gone. Same. Yeah, and I'm like, well, I don't have a second room with a big couch, so I guess it's not there. That's <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> Unable to turn on the lights in one's own house. Just dreams about being with someone you love. Missing some kind of form of transportation and attempting to chase it. Having to return to an old school due to an unfinished assignment. I, in my, my, my dream brain doesn't think I've graduated high school. Okay, those dreams are also directly correlated to how much your culture values education. Yeah. Period. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Which is so funny. Well, it's like, I don't want us to value education, like, a whole lot less, but... But it is, (laughs) it does suck that it's, like, such a stressor. Uh, being chased by an animal or a murderer, and then also one's house catching on fire is really common. Mm. Oh, the neuroscientist I mentioned before, Dr. Deirdre Barrett. Deer? What did you- How, how would you say that? Deirdre. Oh. <laughs> Deirdre Barrett. Okay, well, Deirdre Barrett, who, whose podcast I listened to on two times speed, so I obviously missed the pronunciation <laughs> of her name. Dirty. Um, <laughs> hard and dirty. She's a really smart woman. I bet she is. She's so she's one of the scientists who said like I had super vivid dreams and I just needed to know what was going on, so mm. I became a neuroscientist. Which I'm like, that's pretty baller. Yeah, you do you. She also makes like really interesting dream art. Ooh, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, it's really cool. She does. It's all photo manipulation. But she talked about how. The cultural aspects of these things, and then also how we don't really know why, like, the theories we have don't exactly explain why societal stress is such a big impact, but, like, so many of our dreams have to do... We live in a society. So many of our (laughs) dreams have to do with, like, relationships to other people, even though they are intrinsically, like, ourselves. It's weird, that dreams, which are innately a private experience, yes, rely on interactions with other humans. Yeah, that is yeah. interesting. Yeah, I haven't thought about it like that. It's also, it is funny that, like, dreams are such a private experience and, like, everybody wants to talk about them. Sleep is also not, like, I like sleep. I understand why sleep's important. I don't have a ton of beef with sleep. Sometimes I go to lay down and I'll be, like, frustrated that I'm not... Well, it's doing anything. Yeah, well, it's just the fact that, like, everybody's like, oh, sleep's the best thing. Everybody in college and high school is joking about, oh, I slept all weekend. I don't think that's an indication of how great sleep is. It's an indication of how, like, bad the world is. (laughs) Yeah, that's, you know what? If everything, if all you have is a hammer, everything starts to look a lot like a nail. Maybe, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. All I can do is sleep. So my only solution is sleep. Is sleep. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, this guy on TV says if I buy his pillow, I'll sleep better. I love how annoyed you are about capitalism I sleep hate, agenda. I hate the MyPillow man. Is he's he the one who's also, like, hardcore, like, uh, Trump supporter? Yeah, he's, like, a bad a bad guy. man. That's so funny. So we can make fun of him. Yeah, sounds um, good. But basically, so my, the thesis is dreams may or may not mean anything. Cool. But if you find value, then use them. Yeah, sure process stuff if you want to. If you want to make a dream journal, do it. Some people will do voice memos. There are also apps that will, like, when you wake up, it's, I don't like it because it's a robotic voice saying, what did you dream? And then you write down what you dreamed. But, like, by prompting you. Oh, it just does it, like, as soon as you wake up. Mm -hmm. Which I don't like. Yeah. Anti, anti anti-robot voice. So, the thing about me is that I am increasingly of the opinion that social media is bad, and the internet is bad, and technology is bad, and I would like to return to Monkey. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that's all. Okay. I also, I listened to a really interesting YouTube video today on, I was folding laundry, and it was about, like, boredom, Mm -hmm. and how boredom is a signal to us. Like, if you think of boredom as, instead of just being, oh, I'm bored, it's a signal that something needs to change. Mm -hmm. But when we, like, mindlessly scroll, we placate that, Mm -hmm. which leads to boredom existing not as a signal that something needs to change, but as, like, you just keep on placating it until you just are filled with this, like, they called it existential boredom. Yeah, wow. That you are bored with the idea of life because you have ignored that signal for I so long. I think I've long. gotten to that point. <laughs> yeah, that you've ignored that signal for so long that it just becomes 
a constant issue. Yeah. Well, there's also just social media just shows you, like, constant things happening, and I just am not made to, like, know about things constantly happening. Humans shouldn't have to, like, care about literally everything all the time. Well, and it's also that the video about boredom was nice, but he was also like, change it. If you're, if you're bored, then do something about it. It's a sign something needs to change. And I was like, okay, well, like, some people's jobs suck, but they have to have them. So, oh, like, yeah. go no. off, you know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but um, there is something to, like... I think that as as a whole, like, social media doesn't have to be bad. Yeah. Uh, I just think that for a lot of people, it is. And if most people could benefit from being on it less, that's that's all. <laughs> yeah. That being said, follow us on Facebook and yes, Instagram. Please. Well, we're the good... We're the only good we social also media only post, participants. We post, like, once a week tops. Yeah. Because I do, I try to do a little, like, cute video that if you ever wanted to, like, share us with a friend, you could. A little video with captions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, someday we'll make, like, a video of us. Someday. Someday. But right now, mm-hmm. I am just filled with dread. All mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the end of that thought. What? We have to do something funny. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't so know. Do a little dance, Becca. Do a little dance. Because that'll work for an audio <laughs> format. I'm dancing. I'm dancing. <laughs> do you have any celebrity gossip? No. Oh, I don't. I have a bad sandwich story that you witnessed. I did? I mean, we didn't eat it because, thankfully. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all were there. Uh, we went. We tried to cook something. Some Ground sausage. Beef, yeah. A sausage, and I opened, I looked at the package, and it had, like, a puncture mark on the side. So weird. And it was, like, inflated, and I, like, my, so my fridge had been smelling. Yeah. And I thought it was just, I have a monthly, like, task to wipe out my fridge, and it's, like, yeah. coming up on this week, so I was, like, oh, I just haven't, like, and it always gets, like, gross right up, and then I clean it, and then it's fine. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, oh, it's, it's not anything, and it turned out it was this ground beef that was, it must have been punctured, like, at the grocery store, because yeah, I'm not, like, weird. stabbing things. <laughs> you're not, you, when you're looking for something to eat, you don't take a sword, like a rapier, you don't open the fridge and just poke everything. <laughs> I actually have a really sharp tongue, and I <laughs> everything. <laughs> but, like, it smelled, oh my gosh, so bad. Yeah, I'm lucky I didn't. No. You guys came to the conclusion that it was not the thing to do. Yeah, but it was. It not was, the move. I definitely had a moment of, like... Is it okay? Is it okay? Well, that's like the fallacy of expiration dates because yeah. it implies that the food is good until the expiration date. And like... And sometimes it's bad before that. Yeah. And sometimes it's good after that. Yeah. Yeah. I also, like two days ago, kept on thinking about how I needed to eat more salads. Because, okay. you know... Yeah. Salads are morally good. <laughs> As we have all been taught in kindergarten. Yeah. Salads are for good people. Villains... Don't eat salads. <laughs> Villains eat... Fast food. Yeah. Yeah. So I opened a salad because I was thinking about eating one, and yeah. I looked at the clock, and it was like 10 a.m., and I wasn't hungry. <laughs> what? You just, like, were like, I should eat more salad, so you went to the fridge. So I stood up, and it was like, time to eat salad. <laughs> and you were hungry. And I opened it, and then I, like, looked at it, and I was like, I don't want, want this. this. And then I had to be like, eating a salad when I don't want it is not good. No. So I put it back in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's been there and it's been opened. And yeah, I'm like, you need to throw away the salad. Yeah, no, I need to throw away the we don't salad. Want, we don't want a bad salad story. We no. don't want to turn us off of lettuce forever. <laughs> Let's not create a food aversion to <laughs> lettuce. <laughs> yeah. I mean, lettuce isn't the worst thing to be averted from. Averted. Pretty soon we'll both be back in school. Uh-huh. So this podcast will take on a new frantic energy. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to get a new job. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We are going to be panicked. We're going to be so productive, Tegan. We're going to be such good people. I was thinking about it. I was like... Literally on the way here, I was like, wait, I'm starting a new job. I'm going to take, like, this number of credits, and I have a podcast. Maybe I'll finally feel good about myself. Finally. (laughs) You have fish, too. (gasps) You're right. You're basically the perfect person. I'm I'm everybody's dream girl. (laughs) I'm America's dream girl. Becca, America's dream girl. We're not frantic enough at the end of this episode. Normally there's a frantic enough, like, we hi- hit We hit some frantic highs. I think we'll find something. I'll okay. find something. You'll find something. Yeah. It's episode. I'm hungry. I had a tuna sandwich today. It's pretty good. Yeah, they're good. But, like, they drip. Like They do. They drip. You, what you gotta do is you get chips and tuna, 
And you eat your sandwich over the chips, and then you eat And then you eat chips. tuna chips? <laughs> tuna fish? Tuna chips? Tuna fits? <laughs> what? Tuna fits? Tuna fits? <laughs> Excuse me, waiter? <laughs> Can I get some tuna fips? <laughs> It's like you tried to do what your brain is good at, and you did it bad. Well, like, it used to be a thing. It was almost like a compulsion for me to just always, like, if I heard two words in association with each other, I would try to smash them into one word. Oh my gosh, you're And, like, I would pretend that was a pun, but it's not a pun. It's just, like... It's, like, lower than a pun. Yeah, it's just a bad. An English minor was, was like, god tier. And then we have tuna... Fips? <laughs> Alternatively, tuna chish. Chish. Chish is worse. Chish feels racist. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Fips feels a little homophobic. <laughs> Snurse. Snurse is good. Snurse is like, yeah. You know platonic what? Platonic ideal. That's what our video should be. It should be us ranking words smashed together. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know if you like to see it. Yeah, hit me up. <laughs> hit subscribe and review. Review us on Apple Podcasts. We should read those. There's like two, and one of them is mine. So I have I haven't even reviewed it. Should I do that? Maybe. Okay, cool. Well, good night. Sleep sweet dreams!